Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 21, Your Problem Isn't Special, the one criticism I received in this run of the Little School of Big Change. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Changeable, a podcast about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. And now, here's your host, Dr. Amy Johnson. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable. As you might know, maybe because you were part of it or just because you've heard me talk about it, I recently wrapped up a six-week run of the Little School of Big Change. Now, what that means, in case you aren't familiar, is that I have this online school called the Little School of Big Change. It's an amazing community and course and opportunity for people to come together and see more about this new paradigm, see more about who we really are and the truth about all of that stuff that we're up against, whether it's habits or addiction or anxiety, depression, other issues that we might be facing, really having an opportunity to come together with people who are all looking in the same direction and see what's beneath all of it. You know, see how we're all the same. And although we all have issues that look special and look unique to us and look different than everyone else's issues, they really aren't. In this new paradigm, we're really looking at how we operate as human beings and what we understand about that. What we misunderstand about that is really the source of all of our problems and all of our suffering. So anyway, my school, the community that's attached to it, I love it so much. I, I run this course twice a year and we just wrapped up six weeks with 214 people walking through this kind of on this journey together. And it's incredible. It's just so cool to see what happens when people come together from all over the world and get curious about, you know, who are we really? <laughs> like, like, what is it that doesn't change? And what is it that does change? Isn't it crazy that we get so caught up in our psychology, that we get so caught up in our thoughts and feelings and behaviors and so identified with that? And to see people from all over the globe saying, me too, I do too. And me too, <laughs> saying me too, I do too. You know, we, it's, it's just what it means to be human. We get so caught up and it. It leads us in all kinds of crazy places, but beneath it, we're all the same. And it's so reliable and such a beautiful place to look. So we spent these six weeks, you know, really deeply exploring this, seeing people come into more compassion and understanding for themselves because they began to see, oh, everything I've done was just me doing the best I could see to do given how life looked. I didn't get that I wasn't broken, they'd say, you know, I didn't get that I had this innate health. I didn't get that my reality was created by my moment-to-moment -moment thinking. It looked like the world was doing that to me. It looked like my past did that to me or my family or my upbringing. And so as people see this, and again, everyone's catching everyone else's insights, it's just an amazing thing to see how life really is beyond the surface, beyond the appearances of it. So one thing about the Little School of Big Change is that it's one school and there are people in it, again, from all over the world with all kinds of issues. Now, that means there are people who are trying to stop binge eating alongside people who are trying to stop hoarding, alongside people who want to drink less, 
who want to be more present with their children, who want less anger, who want to see through some relationship issue that they can't seem to see through to you name it, we've had it, right? So a huge variety of different things. And it's interesting because, you know, on the face of it, to all of us, I think, and especially, you know, after after what we've we've been kind of told from the old paradigm, specialization is better. So I know I always say that when I was binge eating, I I wouldn't have wanted the little school of big change. I would have wanted the little school of binge eating. <laughs> like my problem was special and unique and probably even within binge eating, there were specifics and things that I thought were meaningful. I thought they were important. So the more specialized I could get, the more it just it just looked like that would help, right? That's all. As it just looked like my my own, my best thinking at that time said, "Hey, the more specific we can drill down into this, the better. Then they can give me specific strategies for what to do when my urges come up. You know, they can give me specific tools and things to look at. And again, in this old paradigm where it's about there being a problem that needs fixing, and we're going to manipulate things." so that we have a different experience and therefore can fix our problems, that makes a lot of sense. That is where you'd look. It's what you'd do. You'd get really specific. But that's not what we're looking at. That's not what leads to deep, insight-based, lasting, sustainable change. Shallow, superficial, looking at how an issue presents itself in the physical world, you know, you eat versus you cut versus you shop versus you work, paying attention to those psychological level differences. That's what keeps us playing whack-a-mole where, oh, I figured out this way to handle my next binge urge, but then I just, you know, sat in insecure feelings all weekend and then yelled at my children and then lashed out at my boss. And now I have this relationship problem, but hey, I figured out what to do with that one kind of urge. You know, it just doesn't make sense and it just doesn't last. It doesn't go deep enough and we're on to it. We as human beings are on to it. I know we are. We're over the Band-Aids, over it. We get that manipulation and strategies and tools only go so far. So anyway, I get passionate about this and get off track a little bit. So the little school of big change is the little school of big change, meaning there were this time around 214 people from 25 countries with probably 214 different issues that they wanted to see through. I mean, if we really categorized it, probably 40 or 50 different kind of problems, maybe fewer than that, but, you know, all next to each other, all looking to see something. And although I do my best to kind of educate and, you know, make it known that this is different, that I'm not going to give you a tool or a strategy or a Band-Aid, that I don't even need to know what your habit is. Sometimes people are embarrassed about that and they don't want to talk about it. And that is perfectly fine. I don't need to hear about your porn addiction. I don't need the details of your secret habit. You know, it just isn't necessary. You know them, that's fine. We're looking deeper than the details. So although I go to great lengths to, you know, educate and talk about that and make it known that we don't, we're not going to be at that level, there's still a process. There's still, you know, a bunch of people coming together and in the early weeks for sure thinking, hey, when are we going to get to my thing? And you hear other people talk about things like hoarding's a great example, because if you're not a hoarder, you can hear someone talk about hoarding and what that means for them. And it it sounds kind of crazy to you or phobias or another thing. You hear someone about their phobia, talking about their phobia. And it's like, wow, I can't even imagine that. But again, like 
the beauty in this, the beauty in, in bringing all people together and looking a level deeper is that you start to see that you're exactly like them. If you're stuck on something or you feel caught up in something, you can't see your way out of some issue. If anything in your life looks like a real problem to you in any given moment, you're exactly like everyone else who has what looks like a real problem. And by that, I mean you're caught up in thinking, caught up in experience that looks and feels real. It feels scary. It feels personal. And most likely you're doing a bunch of stuff to try to make that feeling go away. And it's making things worse. Doesn't matter what your issue is. It's, it's all exactly the same in that regard. So we spend the first few weeks in the school. I have an antenna up for that. I'm kind of looking. I'm knowing that, you know, early on, it's very likely and totally understandable that that's going to be on people's minds. And they're, they're kind of wanting their turn to ask their question because it's different than that guy's question and different than that lady's question. And I'm trying to kind of step in and help with that. So at one point, and it was very early, I want to say it was maybe in like our third of 10 calls, there's a wonderful woman who's been in our community for a little while who was having a really hard time and she's severely depressed and has been for a long time and is suicidal and talks very openly about not wanting to be here anymore. and She showed up on the call wanting to talk. And, you know, it's a funny thing because I I see that she's in this, we all are, we all are in this thought-created reality that's so damn real to us. It's just so real. And it's never, ever to talk anyone out of that. But, you know, I can see in her and everyone, again, that if there's just like a little, a little looking at that together that often can just kind of back someone up a tiny little bit from their experience. And by that, I mean, I use the metaphor a lot of like, we have like our nose pressed against the window, right? Where we're trying to look in the window and there's no room between us and our experience. It's just like, I feel this. I think this, I am this. It's all one is how it feels. But if we could look at that and say, no, wait a minute, but who are you? You're the one noticing all of this moving through you. You're the one aware of this. Notice when it wasn't there. Notice when it was a little less, you know, like kind of poking at it in that way that just backs someone up from their experience a teeny tiny little bit to where maybe even just in their peripheral vision, they get a glimpse that there's a them that might be healthy, that might be untouched by what they're feeling. That's life-changing. Like that can be gigantic. So I was working with this woman on the call and, um, and I spent about 20 minutes with her. And so again, my focus was mostly her because I'm in conversation with her, but also knowing that there were 213 other people listening who most of them were not depressed or suicidal. So this was not their issue. And I think it's wonderful. Again, like if they can see that she can be backed up from her experience, what are they going to see for them? right? Someone who's caught up in a little jealousy or, and not to say little or big, like better or worse, but you could see everyone on the call, like, wow, she's in so much suffering. That's so priceless for other people to begin to see and to watch her wake up to that a little bit. I knew it would spread. I knew it would be so helpful for those of them who could hear it. Now, That's true in any group at any time. Some people hear it. Sometimes we don't, right? It's not even people. Sometimes any of us hear things deeply. Sometimes we just don't. And that's okay. That's just the way it goes. But I knew it being so early on, there would be some people, and I could see it because we're on a video call, 
that would just settle in and go along for the ride and be be with us as we unpacked her thinking and her experience and as I tried to help her see things in a new way. And then there would be people, and this is absolutely no, nothing bad about them. It's just, you know, this is where our minds are sometimes, who were so in their own heads of like, okay, this isn't my issue next. Like, why is she taking so much time? You know, 20 minutes with one person. I want to ask my question, my hands up, like get on to, you know, what, what most of us are dealing with. Again, these are wonderful, lovely people. I don't mean to say that as if anyone's like doing that in a selfish way. It's just that when you're hurting, you know, you want what you think is going to help. So I kind of knew that was going to happen and it did. So I spent 20 minutes with this wonderful woman. I think it was so impactful. I hope for her. I know it was for other people who were listening in. And then I got an email afterward from someone saying, you spent 20 minutes with this one person and she had an issue that none of us have, you know, I mean, maybe some people did, but what about us? And what about my issue? And, you know, it, it just, it's just one of those things that's like, yeah, uh, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And I could get it. I remember again, that would have been me. That would have been me when I was at my worst, at my most freaked out, my most insecure thinking, what about me? Talk about my problem. And so I could have a little email back and forth with this woman who emailed about it, you know, and I don't, I don't know if she heard anything in that or not, but it was a really nice opportunity to, to say and to kind of like a little teaching opportunity. And then now I wanted to share it here because it is for all of us to say, you know, when we're able to quiet down and just be there and listen, you see the similarities. And this woman talking about wanting to kill herself, I can't even tell you how helpful that could be for someone who's trying to quit smoking or someone who, who, you know, just can't see their way out of some relationship struggle or someone who's having panic attacks. It's not about that surface level content. It's about how we work. It's not about what's being created. It's not about our psychology, the details of our psychology. It's about what's doing the creating. And we're all exactly the same in that way. The more we can come to see about and understand that, the easier everything is for all of us. So there was a man in the course who wrote something on our forum along these lines that caught my attention. And I thought it might be helpful to read because, you know, I know that I can talk about this stuff all day long, but to hear it in the words of someone who was just recently living it and waking up to what I'm talking about here himself, I think is probably a lot more valuable for all of you than, than me telling you how I see it. So I'm going to call him Mark, um, not his name, but will protect his identity. So I'll read you what Mark said. It's a little long, but it's so worth kind of listening to. So Mark says, I want to talk about weight loss. It's the issue that brought me into Amy's little school, a big change. For several days, I pondered my decision to enroll before taking out my credit card. My thinking in a familiar pattern of mine went something like this. Is it worth a few hundred dollars if I could truly lose weight and keep it off? Of course it is. But as I typed my credit card number into the online form, there was an accompanying thought. Who are you kidding, Mark? You already know the outcome. You won't lose weight because you've demonstrated many times that these schemes are hopeless. I'm hopeless. No, I'm hopeful. Hopeless. Hopeful. Well, we shall see where I land this time. And I entered my number. The first weeks of the Little School of Big Change felt interesting, simplistic, and sometimes annoying. I was feeling increasing anger that little attention was being given to my issue. I sensed the pain that many spoke of in the forum and on the phone calls. Yet I wasn't connecting. Even those with food binging issues didn't relate to my particular eating issue. I was feeling more hopeless than hopeful. And then on a recent call, and he remembers the exact 
date and time, October 25th, 2018, seven minutes and 20 seconds into the call, Amy said something that made me take note in a way that no previous message affected me. Every single thing that everyone here shares on the calls or on the forum is the exact same thing. It just has a different costume on. This knocked me off my seat. It was as if a Zen master, Potter, examined the proud student's first pot and exclaimed, nice pot, and then threw it forcefully to the ground, shattering the pot into a hundred pieces. The Zen master would then reveal to the stunned student, this broken pot was never your design. The real design is within you. This pot was a manifestation of the design. You can make another pot because the real design can never be shattered. Amy's declaration that all of our problems are the same thing created an insight within me, an aha, a leap in understanding. Or to tell another story, imagine an extremely large rectangular room, the largest rectangular room you can imagine. Now picture that most of us are standing in one corner of the room and we're all sharing our outside-in thinking. We're all complaining about this problem or that, and someone in the group asks with a slight twinkle in her eye, what do you imagine those people pointing to the smaller group in the other corner of the room, are talking about. The insight for the first time took me to that other side of the room to be with the inside out people. So here it is, my issue, my understanding, weight loss. Fact, I am overweight. My doctor would say about 40 pounds. This is a fact, it's not an illusion. And for most of my life, I could claim this fact with various numbers, substituting for the 40, ranging from 10 to 60 pounds. But here's the kicker. Most of my life, beginning around age eight until today, decades later, I believed I needed to fix this overweight problem. Because of this feeling, I felt broken, inadequate, and not like others for most of my life. This led to more negative feelings. Ironically, I addressed these feelings by eating. It was the best I could do. And when I ate more, for at least a few moments, I felt better. Food dulled the pain of being overweight, being different, being broken. I created a habit loop that has been spinning for many years. I say ironically because my new insight laughs at this habit loop. Why would anyone digest simple sugar-based carbs to reduce weight? In fact, it has the opposite effect. Yet that's what I did. And when I didn't eat in this way through willpower following this diet or that, I lost weight, but it never lasted. All my life, yo-yo dieting. For those of you who have food or weight issues, you know what I'm talking about. And here's the insight. There's nothing to fix and nothing specifically to do. I was born whole, healthy, and happy. I was six pounds, six ounces, and left alone, millions of years of evolution have taught me how to eat. Science is figuring this out, what my genes already know, about the best way to eat. But my body, through thousands of generational iterations, created a perfectly fine blue sky man that instinctively knows what to eat when. My thoughts can create good weather like this insight or bad weather like the need to fix, the need to figure out. My bad weather has had me reading many books on the topic and trying many different diets, all with basically the same result, a yo-yo effect. First, a loss of weight through extreme willpower, and when that wore off, a gradual return to my starting weight plus a little more. What's different now, and it's only been less than two weeks with this insight, I see quiet from the stories in my head that judge me or try to tell me what I need or must do. Instead, I listen to or am guided by the millions of years of evolution that guide my eating when I feel hunger. Strangely, I always knew what to do. My sky was and is always blue, and there's wisdom there. When my eating habit thoughts quiet down, my internal evolution wisdom guides me. I know what to eat and when. Most of us do by now. We all know the prescription. We don't need to read another book or follow another plan. And when the craving hits, eat the sugar, eat the cookie, eat the pizza, 
I'm sometimes able to recognize the brain lizard squawking and ignore his demands. I'm not perfect. I'm human. But in those quiet, backing away moments, my wisdom guides me. I'm on a journey, and I know not where it's going, but I'm spending more time in a different corner of the room with my inside-out sisters and brothers, and I feel more peace. I feel lighter. Literally, minus six pounds. Thanks for reading this, Mark. I love how Mark shares how personal and unique and special his issues looked in the beginning until they didn't. You know, that simple little statement that all of our issues are exactly the same, just wearing a different costume, that landed for him in a huge way. And and look what it opened up. I'm not broken. I don't need to be fixed. I don't have a problem, really. I have thinking that moves back and forth that tells me I should lose weight, I should do this, I should do that, and I get caught up in the thinking, as we all do. But you can hear in in what he writes that he's really seeing, wow, this isn't about me not being good enough or me needing a fix or me having a problem since I was eight. It's a place that my mind has gone since I was eight that I've innocently, innocently gotten caught up in. That's it. See that in your own life because we all have a gazillion of them. Anything that looks like a problem, especially the ones that look special, that look different than everyone else's and unique and no, but this one needs a fix and this one, maybe this understanding, this new paradigm isn't, isn't enough for my problem. Those are especially the ones that are your mind going to a place that looks and feels really real and scary, but isn't. It's the exact same problem that everyone else has. Thank you so much for listening to Changeable. If you'd like change in any area of your life, or if you're just curious about this ironic, no willpower approach to change and this new paradigm for understanding life that's turning traditional psychology and self-help upside down, I really hope you'll subscribe to this podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, please consider leaving a review so others who need change can find their way here. And if you'd like to be part of the next class of the Little School of Big Change, which is opening in mid-March 2019, please join the waitlist at thelittleschoolofbigchange.com. See you next time.